Hey everyone, this is Through the Fire, an NPBC podcast. I'm Lacey. I'm just here by myself today. I hope that's okay with you guys. Um, We are going to jump into week two of our Habakkuk study with uh, the Daily Grace Co. Partially what we're going to look at is chapter 1 verse 12 to chapter 2 verse 1. So it's not the whole week two of the Daily Grace Coast study. Um, and we're going to look at Habakkuk's second complaint. And then we'll pick back up with how the Lord answered him next week. So looking back, last week was week one. We went through Habakkuk's first complaint and God's response. So that's chapter one, verses one through 11. So let's look at a second complaint. In verse 12, we can see Habakkuk is still struggling. Let's read through this real quick. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 12 to chapter 2, verse 1, and this is ESV. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil, And cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? You make mankind like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings all of them up with a hook, he drags them out with his net, he gathers them in his dragnet, so he rejoices and is glad. Therefore, he sacrifices to his net and makes offerings to his dragnet. For by them he lives in luxury, and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? I will take my stand at the watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Okay, so looking at verse 12, like I said, Habakkuk is still very much struggling What he sees around him isn't matching up with who he knows God is. He's trying to make sense of it all. So he starts his prayer by praising God for who he is. And why is it important that he starts this way, even in the midst of his trial? It's because when we focus on the unchanging character of God, no matter the circumstances, our hearts are centered on Jesus the only one who can help us through our circumstances. Um, Habakkuk really focuses in on who God is, and that's how he goes from there. Um, We see this a lot with psalms of lament and laments in other books of the Bible, such as Lamentations, um, where they usually end on this kind of note where It's describing who God is. And that's really important for our prayers as well. We have to start with who we know God is and then see the rest of the world through that. See even our circumstances through that lens. Because when we start with God and we start with who he's proven himself to be over time, then from there we know that we're founded on truth. That is the foundation from which we are praying, from which we are seeing the world. And that is so key to being a Christian. 
Um, it's not seeing the world and then developing a faith from that because then the world is your foundation. But you have to look at the word and see who God is and build your foundation on him. So that's what Habakkuk starts doing here. He starts with God's eternality um, in verse 12. Are you not from everlasting is what he says there. So Habakkuk's problems were occurring in a specific time and place, but God isn't bound by any of that. In, in fact, he knows things that we don't know and that he can see past today and see every detail of every circumstance. How can this comfort us no matter the circumstances? Because we don't know all the details or what tomorrow holds, but God does and he is in control. That should give us comfort in every circumstance. The next way that Habakkuk describes God is, O Lord. This is the covenant name of God. We've discussed that before. He knows that the God who made a covenant with his people is the same God that would bring all his covenant promises to pass. He promised to love and take care of his people even while disciplining them by letting Babylon conquer them. He was still with them and for them and still doing this for their good. And that's really important to remember as we go through life is that he is still the God of David, of Abraham, of Moses. All of these people who came before us, he made covenants with all of those people and he's still making some of those covenants come to pass. Um, we recently finished the Daily Grace Co.'s covenant study. I highly recommend it um, because it goes through each of the covenants that is made in the Bible and how Jesus really fulfills them all. Either he fulfilled them when he was on earth the first time or he will fulfill them when he comes back. Um, that he's really the end-all, be-all, if you will. Um, so the next way that Habakkuk describes God is my God and my Holy One. So this really shows that God's relationship with Habakkuk is personal and intimate, but God is still set apart and holy and perfect and good. So why are these characteristics important for us to keep in mind? Because we know that he's here for us, that he loves us, he's for us, and that we can follow him without fear because he is holy and good. His holiness is something that um, no one else has. It, it's really what sets him apart from every other person that we've ever met. And it's hard to really grasp that as human beings. But once we do, that is the point where we don't have to have anxiety and fear anymore over the future or over, you know, a big decision that we have to make or whether this person is the right person for us, you know, things like that. We don't have to worry anymore because God's got it. God is in control. He knows everything. He is putting all things together for our good. And that good is being made into the image of his son. 
So we always know that there's a plan. That plan is being put into motion. And at the end of his plan, Jesus comes back. There's the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, this knowing what is at the end and knowing that he is this holy God that's going to bring all of these things to pass for our good, there should be no fear in that anymore. We can trust him and we can follow him. The last thing in verse 12, uh, the last title that Habakkuk gives the Lord is rock. He is our foundation that the rest of our lives can be built around without fear. He will never crack or decay or lose his stability. When we lay that foundation on anything other than him, it will fail. Just like building a house, if there is anything wrong with your foundation, I mean anything, if there is a small crack in your foundation, your house will inevitably fall. That crack will get bigger. Everything will get worse. You know, it. you can't build a house on a cracked foundation. I mean, I don't build houses, but that much I do know. <laughs> so, he will stand firm and let us hold on to him through the storms. So, we won't get swept away because he brings the peace in those storms. So, not only him being the rock gives us stability but it gives us peace. And I mean, that's really what we're all looking for, isn't it? Through all the craziness that goes on in the world, through the injustice that happens, through the wars, the illnesses, everything that goes on, all we're really looking for is peace. But he's the only one that can provide that when he becomes your foundation. Okay, so let's move on to verse 13. Verse 13 says, You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? So here Habakkuk has declared the character of God, but he's very obviously, again, still struggling with how that kind of God can leave evil in the world. His heart is very apparently broken, and he's coming before God humbly, which doesn't make his prayer any less raw and vulnerable. That's also something great for us to remember when we're praying to God is we can still be humble, but it be raw at the same time. You know, we don't have to hold back in front of God, but we also need to remember who he is And who we are in that equation. And that's where that humbleness comes in. Is just understanding who you are in the big picture. And who God is. He's the one that can actually change the circumstances. Or he can just hold your hand through the storm. And make the storm bearable. And give you peace in the midst of it. So you have to come to him with a humble heart. Habakkuk here is asking. Why are you still letting these things happen? I know who you are. And I don't understand how you can do this, being who you are. That's coming with such a humble heart, but he's still being honest. So when people say, 
you know, yeah, you can just be honest with God, just like yell at him, you know, whatever, he can handle it. That's not coming with a humble heart. I understand what they mean, but what they're saying isn't lining up with this. It isn't lining up with understanding who God is and who you are. Yeah, he can handle it, but you should also understand who you are in this equation and how you need to come with a humble heart to the God of the universe. You know, so let's be a little careful about that and understand what, we, what we're actually saying by saying those words. If someone is very angry with God and they're coming at him like they know better, that's not coming with a humble heart like Habakkuk is doing here. So Habakkuk's main question in verse 13 is how God can remain silent while evil continues on the earth? I mean, this is a question that everyone has sooner or later. God's going to answer that question in his answer to Habakkuk that we'll look at next week. Um, but let's move on to verses 14 to 17, where Habakkuk gives this picture of the people as, of Judah as fish and Babylon as the fishermen who go on torturing and killing them unchecked. So in this big picture that he's setting for us here, he's saying, you know, with verse 15, he talks about a hook. He brings them, all of them up with a hook. They're capturing the people of Judah. Then also in verse 15, it says he drags them out with his net. So that's hauling them off into captivity. Verse 16, he says, for by them, he lives in luxury. So they're making the people of Judah into slaves. And then verse 17, and mercilessly killing nations. So they're killing them. Babylon is capturing, hauling them off into captivity, making them into slaves, and killing them. This is what Habakkuk is seeing is coming for the people. And that's why he is so adamant about, I don't understand how you could let this happen, God. Like, I understand who you are, and you are this just and holy God. But how can a just and holy God just let these people do this to us? This isn't making sense to me. And in chapter 2, verse 1, the last verse that we're going to look at, Habakkuk says he'll stand in the watchtower so that he could see what was coming ahead of them and be able to warn the people. But also... He was watching and waiting for God to move too. I mean, it's not easy just to watch and wait for God to move. Is there something that you're waiting on God for? Something that he's not telling you no, he's not telling you yes when you pray for it. It's more of just a, just wait. Just chill out. Sit back. Let me do my thing. And... It's not easy just to wait on God for anything. I mean, we're not patient people, especially not in America. We want everything right now. We can watch shows from 20, 30 years ago at the push of a couple buttons. 
We can listen to the newest music, the newest podcasts, everything at the push of a button. We can push a couple buttons on DoorDash and have food delivered to our homes in less than 30 minutes. And it's just crazy how fast everything runs when you have the ability to. But when God says to watch and wait for him, how in the world do we do that? We haven't been culturally programmed for this. You know, we haven't been taught how to really sit and just wait on God. So how do we do that? First, we keep our focus on Jesus, not on our circumstances, not on you know, what our friends are doing and how God's answering their prayers. Not on the world around us. You just keep your focus on Jesus and who you know him to be like Habakkuk did. We know who God is. He's made that very apparent in his word. And all we have to do is just know that and focus on him because he is unchanging. And we also have to remind ourselves how he's always been faithful in the past and how he's going to continue to be faithful in the future and even in the present. If he was faithful to all of these people in the Bible, much less all of the people who have served him since then, what makes you think that you're any different? That he would be like, oh, no, she's the worst and I'm not going to be faithful to her. No, I mean, there are murderers in the Bible, multiple ones that were still used for great things. Not saying that that wasn't a horrible thing that they did, but God can still use you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you will do, he can still use you for his glory. There is no sin that makes you unusable for God. And he's still going to be faithful to you. And through all of his promises that he's made in his word, he's still going to be faithful and true to them. So he's never going to leave you, never forsake you. Everyone still has the ability to accept Christ right now. You know, if that's something that you need to do. He's going to complete all of these promises. You just have to trust him. Even if you're in that season of watching and waiting, you have to trust him. So next time, we're going to look closely at God's response to Habakkuk in chapter 2, verses 2 to 20. So read over that before next week. Um, Let me know if y'all have any questions or anything like that. You can find me on Instagram at L-A-C-E underscore C-R-E-W-S. Lace underscore cruise. Um, let me know if y'all have any prayer requests or anything like that. We would love to have you guys come to uh, North Point and Carrollton, Georgia for our services at 1030. We're actually having a 4th of July service this week. Um, so we're going to be on the grounds having our service outside. It's going to be great. Um, so if you guys would love to join us, we'd love to have you. We also usually have a Bible study on um, Sunday nights at 6.30 p.m. at the church for young adults. 
Uh, we are not having that this coming week because of the 4th of July. Um, but we would love to see you guys sometime. Let us know if you guys ever need anything. We hope you have a great week. Bye now.